we're going to find out, I mean, the, the timing of it is in the first, you know, in chapter one for, for Haggai, it says, in the second year of Darius the king. And, and where else do we find King Darius? Not Ruth. Um, it's actually, no, no, actually, that's Xerxes. That's Xerxes? Yes, oh, okay. it's with Daniel. Oh, okay. Yeah, because, yeah, the VeggieTales, you know, the, what, what, the Daniel and the Lion's Den. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, King Darius. No, no, Dar well, Xerxes, I, there is a, there is a connection, there's a, because Xerxes is the king of Persia. And then I think Babylon takes over Persia, and that's... The other way around. Is it the other way around? Because Persia was the one who fought Greece, and then Rome fought Greece. Okay, because Darius was Babylon. Because when they went into the Babylonian exile... The Babylon before Persia. Did it not come back? Because they went into exile in, per in Babylon, and that was after Ruth. Lord of who is the book of Ruth, when she came with Naomi and... No, no, I'm sorry. Esther. We're thinking Esther. of Esther. Yeah. Yeah. So that was later. Yeah. Esther's later. Esther was. Because we're too tired to do time. Ancient uh, <laughs> history, I know. Yes, I know you do. And, and sometimes I get them backwards. So, so, Darius, so they've been taken into exile into Babylon, which is a... You know, the last several prophets we were warning about or reading about were warning them this is going to happen. So now, in the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, the Lord's word came by Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, saying, This is what the Lord of hosts says. These people say, the time hasn't yet come, the time for the Lord's house to be built. Then the Lord's word came by Haggai the prophet, saying, <clears throat> Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies waste? Now, therefore, this is what the Lord of hosts says. Consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you aren't filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put them into a bag with holes in it. Okay, so I, I feel like we live in a time that very often feels like this. Yeah. You know, it's like no matter how much we have or no matter how hard we do stuff, it's always not enough. There's always more coming at our door and... So, I, I mean, I can kind of relate. Not, not so much, you know, not all the time. It's just there are seasons like that. This is what the Lord of hosts says. Consider your ways. Go up to the mountain, bring wood, and build the house. I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts? Because of my house that lies waste while each of you is busy with his own house. Therefore, for your sake, the heavens withhold the dew and the earth withholds its fruit. 
I called for a drought on the land, on the mountains, on the grain, on the new wine, on the oil, on that which the ground produces, on men, on livestock, and on all the labor of the hands. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the Lord their God's voice and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's message to the people, saying, I am with you, says the Lord. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. In the 24th day of the month, in the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. So they, they went up and were repairing, working on repairing the house. And that was the one that was about Persia. Huh? Right. Well, then now now they're back and they're they're re repairing it. And that's the point, I guess, is where by the Greeks they're working. Do I get the numbers right? It took him only twenty-two days from the time he got the message to the time they started rebuilding. Because he said on the first of the six months, and then on the twenty-third of the twenty-fourth of the six months they started. So that's like twenty-three days later. In the twenty fourth day of the month, in the sixth month, in the yeah. So, like, for he gave the word, and three weeks later they were up and doing it. Right. Well, he gave the first word, and then I'm I would imagine there was some back and forth because it says he came and he gave the first word, and then I'm guessing the king came back and said, "Why, you know, what's going on?" And then he told them, and then, um, and then when they understood. They said, okay, let's do this. And then the Lord said, I am with you. And then they were stirred to get up and go do this. So, yes, within before the end of the first of the one month, they were up and working. Yeah. See, to me, that seems like it's really slow. I'd be that person who's out there that, you know, 8 o'clock at night after I got that word, I'd be like, I got my hammer, let's go. <laughs> yeah. But but I know different. there's different types of people. And, yes, they, had the, they got themselves together that quickly. So Haggai 2, in the seventh month, in the 21st day of the month, so we're just shy of a month later, the Lord's word came by Haggai the prophet saying, speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people saying, who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Isn't it in your eyes as nothing? Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord. And work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. This is the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit lived among you. Don't be afraid, for this is what the Lord of hosts says. Yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the dry land, and I will shake all nations." The precious things of all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. In the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, 
the Lord's word came by Haggai the prophet, saying, The Lord of hosts says, Ask now the priest concerning the law, saying, If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment, and with his fold touches bread, stew, wine, oil, or any food, will it become holy? The priest answered, No. Then Haggai said, If one who is unclean by reason of a dead body touch any of these, will it be unclean? The priest answered, It will be unclean. Okay, so this is a really interesting question that he's having him take. So if you've got holy meat and it touches any of these other things, will those things become holy? No. But if someone who's unclean by reason of a dead body touches any of these things, will it be unclean? Yes, it will be unclean. Then Haggai answered, So is this people, and so is this nation before me, says the Lord, and so is every work of their hands. That which they offer there is unclean. Now, please consider from this day and backward, before a stone was laid on a stone in the Lord's temple. Through all that time, when one came to a heap of twenty measures, there were only ten. When one came to the wine vat to draw out fifty, there were only twenty. I struck you with blight, mildew, and hail in all the work of your hands, yet you didn't turn to me, says the Lord. Consider, please, from this day and backward, from the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Is the seed yet in the barn? Yes, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree haven't produced. From today, I will bless you. So it seems like he's saying, from the beginning of when you first started building this temple, you all were sinning and making everything unclean. But now from today, we're going to start over here. The Lord's word came the second time to Haggai in the 24th day of the month, saying, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth. I will throw, overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations. I will overthrow the chariots and those who ride in them. The horses and their riders will come down, everyone by the sword of his brother. In, my, in that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, says the Lord, and will make you as a signet, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. And that's it. Yeah, yeah, that was what you sealed it. In, you dipped in, you know, the wax, you had the hot wax, and you sealed it with that. And so he's he's definitely blessing Zerubbabel there. And and partly, you know, I mean he obviously he knew he would do it, but he did get up very quickly. Once once he knew what he was supposed to be doing, he was like, Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's go. Let's rebuild the house. Let's fix this. And you know, they they didn't get stuck in committee for a year. <laughs> they didn't, you know, they didn't, well, we need to plan this out. They're like, no, let's go build it. Let's go fix it. Let's go clean it up. And then God came very quickly and was like, do you see what has happened? Do you see what's become of this? So the Persians, not to be well, the old Lord Israel, was it because... Well, the Babylonians. The Babylonians yeah. were in the captivity. 
Or was it? Babylon was the first. Egypt was the first major kingdom. You could say Babylon became the second. Right. Babylon took over uh, Israel. Persia came. And took over Babylon. Took over Babylon. And it was the Persian king who was moved by, was it Daniel, I think? Who was moved and freed the Israelites? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was the Persian king who freed the Israelites. They went back home, still technically under Persian control. Right. But freed to the... And they rebuilt rebuilt the the temple. The temple. The temple. And, then the and with Nehemiah was the one yeah. who oversaw the rebuilding of the temple. Then the Greeks the, came and conquered Persia and took over most of the, almost a whole entire area. And they desecrated the temple. Again. The, again. And, and that's when we have the Maccabees. Yes, and then they, and so and then they fought the Greeks and freed themselves. And then the Romans came and conquered almost all of the known world. But they let Israel, they and, let the Jewish people continue to worship their gods. and Yeah. Because everybody really thinks that, that uh, Rome was this really disgusting, bloodthirsty country, but it really wasn't. There was only a few emperors that were really mean. The one well, they were crazy. Of, and... At the time of Jesus was very horrible. And there was yes. But the Romans, they uh, religious equality, and they were actually... Yeah, if you, if you actually had a, a recognized religion, you could worship yeah. however you wanted. You just... You couldn't just not worship the Roman gods. You had to actually have a reason for not doing it. So once you once they accepted you, you became a Roman citizen. Yeah, and and you were protected by the Roman law. Which is why Paul is adamant that he's going to be given all of his rights as a Roman. And and they actually tried when when we read in Acts, they tried to send him home. They're like, we can't find any fault in you. Go. And he said, no. I was arrested. And it's my right as a Roman citizen to go before the leader of the land because he wanted to go before him and give him the gospel. And he's like, I will stay in prison until I'm until he gives me a, a, a you know, has me come in, in his presence. And so they ended up, the guard that was assigned to Paul, because he stayed in this house, the guard was actually there to keep everybody away from harming Paul. Right. He, he could come and go as he pleased, but he was refusing to leave until... You know, they kind of hoped he'd go home. <laughs> He's like, until I get court with the, you know, with with uh, Caesar, I'm not going anywhere. And um, so they they assigned someone. He was his less his his guard and more his like bodyguard. You know, <laughs> but but yeah. So back with you know with Persia and Persia had let them had let them go. And um, but I believe that the the way this I believe that this is the people who are the remnant that were still there in Israel, because there were always people left in Israel. When they were taken off to Babylon, it tells us, you know, except for the remnant that was left there. And so this seems to be Haggai stirring them up, and they're trying to clean up and fix the temple. And I believe we're going to be going into Nehemiah, who's, who's sent back with funds and resources and the actual charge from the Persian king to go and fix the temple and clean it up. So, um, so this is God preparing and God's telling, you know, the, the remaining king of Judah, you're gonna, you know, it's time. It's time for you all to be rebuilt. It's time for you all to, to be restored and renewed. And, and that prepares them for that. So, well, they were just the people who were left, yeah, not everybody was taken. Yeah, well, it's 
I mean, they took most of the people. These were these were the Jewish people who were left. But because it, it always says that when everyone says everyone was taken into to captivity there, you know, except for the people who stayed behind. So it's like, <laughs> you know, and they were the remnant, and God kept telling them, just make sure you're part of the remnant, and you'll be left alone. And that's what we've been reading in all these prophets. They're saying, you know, you're all going to go. I mean, except for you guys. Don't worry. If you're part of the remnant, you're fine. So whether it be that they just overlooked them or they left some people there so that everything wouldn't go to waste and God made sure that the remnant was who was left. You know, but it's, it's another example of, of when, you're, when you're right with God, you don't have to fear. Because the people who were taken into captivity in, from leadership, who eventually, when the Persian king came in, he put them on his court of advisors. That's how they, they went from prison to the court of advisors, and that's how they ended up being sent back. He had a different respect for the Jewish people than the Babylonians did. And so those people were where they were supposed to be at the time they were supposed to be there. And the remnant that stayed behind were where they were supposed to be when they were supposed to be there. And, and that's why when we, when, no matter what's happening to us, if we're, you know, we have to trust that God's going to have us where we need to be when we need to be there. And no matter where we are, if we're willing and available, he'll use us to accomplish his purposes. And, you know, there's no promise that that will always be easy. There's no promise that that will always be fun. There's no, you know, jo Joseph had to spend how many years in prison? But at the right time, he was where he was supposed to be. And that time in prison changed him so that he was who he needed to be. And, and that's why, you know, looking, it's easy to get distracted by our circumstances when they seem less than ideal. Um, but it's, it goes back to why God really convicted me to stop asking why and start saying, what do you want to teach me right now? You know, I'm here. I may as well learn what lesson I'm supposed to learn. And, and I'm not going to do that if I'm just crying about being here. So, you know, let me put on my big girl panties and say, okay, what do you want to teach me? What do you want me to do? You know, I'm sitting here in a pile of rocks. Should I move the rocks? What do you want? <laughs> you know, what are we doing here? <laughs> and and God, God was overseeing it all. And, and he did. He not only brought them back to rebuild the temple, but brought them back fully funded to rebuild his temple because it's all his. He can distribute the resources however he wants. So. At this time frame, is this before they come back? Is this the remnant that's in? This is the remnant in Jerusalem. So they're prep, basically they're prepping. That's what it appears to be from the timing of everything. They're, they're prepping the, the, everything. For yeah, I have to double check the timing with Nehemiah, but that's, that's what I believe is happening here. Yes. And, and he's telling them, he's telling the king there, basically, it's time. I'm going to rebuild you. In chronological order, I'm trying to do. Yeah, I'm trying to. What's funny, though, is there's a couple different sites. And when you go to one, they're all in a different order. And I'm like, that, the, that doesn't fit what they're saying about themselves. So there's another site. The problem is when I go to look at it, I haven't bookmarked the site and they both show up as sites I checked. So I'm always having to check which one it is. I'm like, oh no, that's the one I don't like. <laughs> so um, 
Oh gosh, I'm not sure. I think I think it might be Nehemiah. I think we might be that might be next. If not, there might be one little one in between. So I'm gonna go ahead and bless and then we'll we'll sign off and then we can chat. But may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Amen. How funny. That's like a so, <laughs> so today we're going to read through Habakkuk. And I wanted to kind of share, um, and, and, and up front, we are jumping back before Zephaniah. I don't know. I, the only way I can figure we skipped Habakkuk is that I had looked at it. So it was like once you look at a link on the way I have the, the World Messianic uh, Bible page set up, once you look at the link, it goes dark. And then I had looked, so I had looked at the link in advance. And then when I went back, I thought we must have done it. So my apologies, but we are jumping back before Zephaniah, and we are dealing with, um, uh, he's talking about Babylon and, you know, the fact that they're going to be going into captivity. Um, it's really interesting. Uh Habakkuk doesn't say, doesn't really say who he is or, or what, you know, what he's done. Apparently, um, a lot of scholars, you know, think that Habakkuk must have lived in Jerusalem at the time he wrote his prophecy. And uh, what's very interesting is that outside of the Bible, there's been a lot of you know, conjecture, just different ideas, you know, as I was looking him up and trying to get a little bit of background for this, Christian and rabbinic traditions. But, you know, a lot of scholars don't, modern scholars don't, they're like, oh, whatever, it's just kind of, it's myth, you don't have any support for that, so we're not going to waste our time. Um, but I thought that what was interesting, uh, well, the, the book consists of five oracles about the Chaldeans or the Babylonians and their rise to power. So it's assumed he would be, you know, right before or around that time, a contemporary of Jeremiah and Zephaniah. Um, but Jewish sources don't group him with them. So it may have been earlier. I mean, with a gift of prophecy, he could have seen those things coming from a long way away. Uh, but what I thought was interesting, uh, is is that he he appears outside of scripture in um, one of the books is Bell and the Dragon, um, which is part of the additions to Daniel that are apocryphal for the uh, the Jewish Old Testament, the Jewish Tanakh, and um, you know, and they they basically say that he's in wow. Judea. And and after what he was in Judea and he was making some stew and the angel of the Lord told him to take the stew to Daniel in Babylon in the lion's den. Wow. And he says, I don't, you know, I don't know where that is. So the angel takes him there and he gives the stew to Daniel to sustain him and then take him back to his own place. Um, 
He's also mentioned in Lives of the Prophets, uh, which talks about him being in Babylon. And in the, according to the Zohar, he's the boy born to the Shunammite woman through Elisha's blessing. When he said uh, in 2 Kings 4.16, um, you know, that she would, she would have a child. And then she was like, oh, don't, don't do that to me. <laughs> so so that's, those are some of the, the stories about him, which are kind of interesting. Because, uh, you know, if, I, I, you know, and you know me, I love the tradition ideas. I love those extra biblical ideas. And, and they kind of give a richness to, especially to people we don't have a lot about. And that, I mean, I just think that'd be really cool if he was the child that Elisha had prophesied would be born to her. You know, does that mean he was? No. Who knows? Um, only God knows. I think she was the one, I'm pretty sure in Second Kings 4.19 that she was the one that he brought. I'd have to go back and look. But that's she when I went. The one who fed him. I, that's, yeah, that's why I'm thinking. Yeah, she was the one who fed him, okay. and and gave set up a room for him right, right. up on the roof, and oh, that he blessed her. her. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. So I think it's interesting. It's interesting. It, it, obviously, we can't prove one way or the other if that's what happened, but I think it's cool. It's a cool idea. So we do have Habakkuk, and he is a prophet of the Lord, and it was considered. You know, the, they were confident enough to take these parts of his writings. And it's interesting because the style changes very dramatically. Uh, so, you know, were these written at different times, each of the chapters? You know, let's, we'll, just look at, we'll just look at what he has to say, and we'll look at the styles and let that speak for itself. So verse 1, the revelation which Habakkuk the prophet saw, Lord, how long will I cry and you will not hear? I cry out to you, violence, and will you not save? So this is, this is you know, him talking to the Lord. It's like, I keep telling you all the sins going on, and you're not doing anything. You know, why do you show me iniquity and look at perversity? For destruction and violence are before me. There is strife, and contention rises up. Therefore, the law is paralyzed, and justice never prevails. For the wicked surround the righteous, therefore justice comes out perverted. And, I mean, that's just, ah, that's awesome. I mean, it's not awesome, it's happening, but the way, the picture that he's painting there, you know, oh, justice will prevail. Really? Not if it's wicked people you're expecting to give that justice. Right, which is part of why I say, if you are part of the church and you are looking to the Supreme Court of the United States of America to give you God's justice, you're looking at the wrong source. They're here to interpret our laws and what they restrict and don't restrict, and that's it. They are not ruling on God's law. They are not defining God's truth. This nation is not Israel, and they are not the Sanhedrin. So look among the nations. Hey, we're the nations. <laughs> Guess what? America's a nation. Look among the nations. Watch and wonder marvelously. For I am working a work in your days, which you will not believe, though it is told you. For behold, you know, and this is God's response to him. 
For behold, I raise up the Kazdim, that bitter and hasty nation that march through the width of the earth to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. They are feared and dreaded. Their judgment and their dignity proceed from themselves. Their horses also are swifter than leopards and are more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Yes, their horsemen come from afar. They fly as an eagle that hurries to devour. All of them come for violence. Their hordes face the desert. He gathers prisoners like sand. Yes, he scoffs at kings, and princes are a derision to him. He laughs at every stronghold, for he builds up an earthen ramp and takes it. Then he sweeps by like the wind and goes on. He is indeed guilty, whose strength is his God. Aren't you from everlasting Lord, my God, my Holy One? We will not die. Lord, you have appointed him for judgment. You, Rock, have established him to punish. So this is Habakkuk responding again. You who have purer eyes than to see evil and who cannot look on perversity, why do you tolerate those who deal treacherously and keep silent when the wicked swallows up the man who is more righteous than he and make men like the fish of the sea, like the creeping things that have no ruler over them? He takes up all of them with the hook. He catches them in his net and gathers them in his dragnet. Therefore, he rejoices and is glad. Therefore, he sacrifices to his net and burns incense to his dragnet, which goes with the idea of his strength being his God. Because by them, his life is luxurious and his food is good. Will he therefore continually empty his net and kill the nations without mercy? Habakkuk, that's right. I will stand at my watch and set myself on the ramparts and will look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. The Lord answered me, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he who runs may read it. For the vision is yet for the appointed time and it hurries toward the end and won't prove false. Though it takes time, wait for it because it will surely come. It won't delay. So that kind of speaks to the idea that this could be a lot earlier than right before Babylon, you know, actually came in. That he could be earlier than, than Zephaniah. Um, Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright in him, but the righteous will live by his faith. Yes, moreover, wine is treacherous. Okay, so let's go back to there because the righteous will live by his faith. His soul is puffed up. It is not upright in him, but the righteous will live by his faith. Yes, moreover, wine is treacherous. An arrogant man who doesn't stay at home, who enlarges his desire as Sheol. And he is like death and can't be satisfied, but gathers to himself all nations and heaps to himself all peoples. Won't all these take up a parable against him and a taunting proverb against him and say, Woe to him who increases that which is not his and who enriches himself by extortion. How long? That's a really, verse 4 there is really, can you go back there, sweetheart, for one, just one page? 
Because his soul is puffed up and not upright, but the righteous will live by his faith. And there, be, you know, when Babylon came in, I know, I know. When Babylon came in, the remnant did get, there was a remnant that was left. And, the, the you know, despite what happened, there was a remnant in Babylon that was there when Persia yeah. came in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fact that there he has enough faith that he's being led by God to not kill the righteous. It's a really interesting declaration for, you know, in the midst of all of the evil that he's doing. And, and all of the sin that he's guilty of to, to make that statement about his faith. But go on to the next one. It says, won't your debtors rise up suddenly and wake up those who make you tremble and you will be their victim? Because you have plundered many nations, all the remnant of the peoples will plunder you because of men's blood and for the violence done to the land, to the city and to all who dwell in it. Woe to him who gets an evil gain for his house, that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the hand of evil. You have devised shame to your house by cutting off many peoples and have sinned against your soul. For the stone will cry out of the wall and the beam out of the woodwork will answer it. Woe to him who builds a town with blood and establishes a city by iniquity. Behold, isn't it of the Lord of hosts that the peoples labor for the fire? And the nations weary themselves for vanity. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord's glory as the waters cover the sea. Woe to him who gives his neighbor drink, pouring your inflaming wine until they are drunk, so that you may gaze at their naked bodies. You are filled with shame and not glory. You will also drink and be exposed. The cup of the Lord's right hand will come around to you and disgrace will cover your glory. For the violence done to Lebanon will overwhelm him, or will overwhelm you, and the destruction of the animals which made them afraid. Because of men's blood, and for the violence done to the land, to every city, and to those who dwell in them. It's interesting because the Lord's right hand is his hand of mercy. The cup of the Lord's right hand will come around to you, and disgrace will cover your glory. And it's just very interesting. What value does the engraved image have that its maker has engraved it? The molten image, even the teacher of lies, that he who fashions it forms trust in it to make mute idols. Woe to him who says to the wood, awake, or to the mute stone, arise. Shall this teach? Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all within it. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. You know, God doesn't need us to build anything for him to animate. God doesn't need us to, to you know, find him among, among his creation, except that his creation speaks to his presence. And, and the arrogance of taking his creation and fashioning it into your own God. Oh, sometimes I, I just think he is so incredibly patient. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and it's not just, it's not just missing it at the level you're at. How offensive, you know, how, I, I don't even, I, I don't even, I can't even think of a comparison that we can relate to because there really is none that, that comes close to it, you know. So Habakkuk 3, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet set to victorious music. And I, I half thought as I was putting this together late last night, oh, I should sing with this victorious tune. And I thought, yeah, that's not going to happen. So <laughs> imagine this song to victorious music. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Renew your work in the middle of the years. In the middle of the years, make it known. In wrath, you remember mercy. God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. His splendor is like the sunrise. Rays shine from his hand where his power is hidden. Plague went before him and pestilence followed his feet. He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains were crumbled. The age-old hills collapsed. His ways are eternal. Okay, his ways are Torah. And, and just because he shared his law with us in writing at a particular time doesn't mean he came up with them only for that time. You know, those weren't special rules that he made for Israel they were his declaration of what is holy and how his people were created to live. Um, he, ooh, where am I? I saw the tents, thank you, of cushion in affliction. The dwellings of the land of Midian trembled. Was the Lord displeased with the rivers? Was your anger against the rivers or your wrath against the sea that you rode on your horses? on your chariots of salvation. You uncovered your bow. You called for your sworn arrows. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you and were afraid. The storm of waters passed by. The deep roared and lifted up its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in the sky. At the light of your arrows as they went, at the shining of your glittering spear, you marched through the land in wrath. You threshed the nations in anger. You went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the land of wickedness. You stripped them head to foot. And I think that's interesting. They're not anointed because they're saved. They're saved because they're anointed. And that's kind of a different way than, than most people look at it today. You have to get saved to get the anointing. No, if you have the anointed, it's because if you have the anointing, God will save you. You pierced the heads of his warriors with their own spears. That's insulting. They came as a whirlwind to scatter me, gloating as if to devour the wretched in secret. You trampled the sea with your horses, churning mighty waters. I heard and my body trembled. 
My lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness enters into my bones, and I tremble in my place, because I must wait quietly for the day of trouble, for the coming up of the people who invade us. For though the fig tree doesn't flourish, and remember the fig tree is generally referenced to Israel as a nation, the fig tree doesn't flourish, nor fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive fails, the fields yield no food, the flocks are cut off from the fold, and there is no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Because when you are anointed, you can trust that God will save you. That's the whole thing. When you have God's anointing, you can rejoice despite, which is what Paul is saying, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. God will save me. If I'm broke, God will bring what I need. If I have too much, God will take what I don't need. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The Lord, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like deer's feet and enables me to go in high places. And then some information for the music director on my stringed instrument. So for him to see, it's, it's kind of an interesting back and forth exchange he has with God. And I love how, how honest and beautiful he recorded it. I'm asking God, where are you? How long are you going to let this evil go on? How, do you not see? I mean, you, you can't look on evil. Your, your eyes only see you know, light. And I'm telling you, there's evil down here. What are you going to do about it? And God comes back and says, I'm going to do something you won't believe. I'm going to bring in Babylon. I'm going to use Babylon. Babylon, who has nothing to do with me. Babylon, who worships their own strength. Babylon, who is not at all interested in me. I'm, I'm going to use Babylon to bring judgment on my people who are supposed to be calling out to me. And they're going to see, you know, because really the, the idols that they were worshiping were the idols from Babylon. <laughs> Those gods from that nation that they're worshiping, that nation's going to be who comes against them. The ones they're crying out to for help, yeah. I'm going to use their people. And they're going to see that I'm bigger than those gods they're crying out to. I'm the one who made that wood that they're fashioning that stinking idol out of. And then when I bring them, I'm still going to protect my remnant. That, that faith that Babylon has, the little bit of faith that they have that, that, you know, that I'm calling on them and I'm using them for what I want to do, I'm going to make sure that my remnant is protected. You, my anointed, you'll be saved. Don't worry. And then it's re the response is a song of praise. Habakkuk says, well, then I'm just going to praise you. No matter what happens, no matter who you bring, no matter what destruction is in their path, no matter what condition this nation is in, no matter what condition your people are in, no matter how destitute things look, you're my hope. You are my salvation. 
Yeah. Which is why. Yeah, which is why all of the, oh, this is the end. Oh, this, and I, of what? I'm God's remnant. He will save me. I am not worried at all about what's going to happen. There that's might be. That's what that guy said. We got in the room. We were at the house where they were showing us, you know, type of flashlights you could use and, you know, oh, yeah, the yeah. store up and mm-hmm. stock it up. And that's what he was saying. He was looking at all that. And he was saying, you know, I'm God. And you, you can save me. You can show me what I need to, where I need to go and, you know, what I need to do. Right, right. Well, it's like, you know, when, when we did have our food stores, God was very clear to me, store up a year of food. I went, okay. And I did it. Mm-hmm. And then Bill was try, you know, out of work and, and waiting for disability. And then I got laid off. And that whole year, mm-hmm. we, had food. we had food. We had yeah, abundant you food. You can see what's coming. We can't, yeah. we can't see down the road. Which is why I tell people, you know, don't don't freak out. Have no fear. But if God's putting something on your heart, do that. Because if you're listening to him, if he's leading you, if you're anointed and he's your salvation, then he'll have you be where you need to be. Do what you need to do. And, and you know what? That doesn't necessarily mean that you'll live. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's all going to go the way the world would say goes well. But that doesn't mean that's not what's supposed to happen. Is if what's supposed to happen to you to advance God's kingdom, don't fear it. Because it's for his glory and it's exactly, it's the purpose you were created for. And what's more glorious than fulfilling your purpose? You know? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, man, this, this seems like it might taste That's my like hair. It. So, just so we can, oh, we got to go in and get the kids, but may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Amen. 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 So, I am thinking that we should probably...